Welcome to Hablamos, Conversations on Teaching, Learning and Biomultilingualism, the podcast of the ICME-EE project at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. As is mentioned in the name, the main goal of this podcast is to embrace multilingualism. So we are going to have conversation around this topic in the classroom and how teachers can support by a multilingual development. I'm Araceli Lovato and I will be your host. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Hi everybody, today we have a professor with us. She is Dr. Lydia Kiramba. It's the way that you pronounce your name? Correct. Okay, I always have trouble pronouncing names because they're complicated for me. <laughs> <laughs> so as usually, I'm gonna start to, uh, well, the guest is gonna introduce herself and then we are gonna discuss some things related to bilingualism and multilingualism in the classrooms and in the world, in the setting. <laughs> mm -hmm. So welcome. Thank you. Um, can you speak a little bit about yourself so that way our listener can uh, know you? Uh -huh, sure. Um, I am Lindia Kiramba. I am an applied linguist. Um, my work focuses on how emerging bilinguals or multilinguals acquire an additional language and how uh, these multilingual resources can be uh, tapped into in classroom settings. So um, my, I use sociocultural and sociocognitive theories in my research, and my goal is to um, educate teachers mm -hmm. and others who are working with students who speak other languages to um, acknowledge these resources that these students bring to school that are often invisible or are not considered as uh, wealth as they should be in a classroom setting. And um, what was your motive to begin studying this research? Um, my motive is basically because I grew up in a multilingual, multicultural setting. And um, English is my dad, if I have to come that way. Mm -hmm. Like, I acquired English in school. I didn't get access to English at home. Mm -hmm. And um, at school, English was the language of instruction, and all other languages were not allowed in the classroom setting. And I grew up actually uh, hating my own languages, languages that I could express myself in, languages I could do a lot of things in, but I, 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 I started thinking that they were not useful because in any case, everything is tested in English. Mm -hmm. And so after graduating from school and, and um, uh, specializing in linguistics, I realized, oh, those were resources. They could have been used in different ways to support my learning of English as an additional language, which I think at that point, my teachers do not have that kind of knowledge. Mm -hmm. And so my focus right now is um, creating that linguistic awareness, mm -hmm. um, ensuring that teachers and communities learn about these linguistic and cultural resources and their value in the classroom and reposition them. Um, in order to support bilingual by uh, multilingual kids in the classroom to reach their maximum potential. So you felt like you were in the shoes of those students that you were commented that maybe are the less that people or teachers take into account, that is the, the bilingual, multilingual 
uh, children. So can you tell us where did you grow up? Because we know now that you grew up in a multilingual context, but you didn't say your country or your city. Oh, sure. Um, so I grew up in Kenya, rural setting in Kenya. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up speaking two languages, Kimeru and Kiswahili. Okay. Um, but at school, English was the only language of instruction from fourth grade onwards. But still, teachers did not follow that, so they used English sometimes from first grade. Some teachers did not use home languages at all in the classroom. And so um, that's a trend even right now in most Kenyan classrooms. Mm -hmm. um, but also I had an exper uh, experience working with uh, teachers of multilingual kids in Kenya, K through uh, eight uh, pre-service teachers. Mm -hmm. And um, during their practicum sessions, they faced a lot of challenges because they did not have a way to engage all the students in the mm -hmm. classroom. Um, to do what they wanted them to do. Students would engage in other activities because they did not understand teachers' instruction in English. And so that kind of experience and my own personal <laughs> interest uh, uh, led me to this kind of research. So what are the, those uh, situations that teachers have to confront in, in, your, in the multilingual context? Can you name some of them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> sure. Um, so one of the challenges that teachers might face is silence. Mm -hmm. um, mostly when, when students uh, notice that teachers do not value what they bring in the classroom, whether it is their language, um, their culture, and many other uh, wealth of knowledge or assets that they bring to classroom, those are not valued, and students register that, then they shut down. Mm -hmm. They... Um, the, and that's a challenge for teacher because, yeah, because for sure. then you need to, you know, understand that kind of silence. Is it, is it resisting you as a teacher? Mm -hmm. Is it the fact that students do not understand and just choose to be silent? Or why is this happening? Um, and I think it's a common um, occurrence in most um, mm -hmm. ESL, ERL classrooms. Because when, t when students cannot engage, then they just remain silent. Another um, observation uh, I, I had was that students choose to do other things. So students <laughs> would engage in drawing, for mm -hmm. example, drawing things about their localities, mm -hmm. something that you will keep them busy. And this is something that is also cognitively demanding mm -hmm. because they're doing something they like doing because this other uh, a set of um, instruction or whatever is taking place in the classroom they cannot understand. So they do other things that will keep them busy without getting into trouble. So, and especially in large classrooms, that is, um, from my experience, that was pretty common. It's very common. Mm -hmm. And so just realizing that and probably knowing why the students choose to be silent um, and, and trying to think about ways to engage those students, um, I think it is very important. important. Or even trying to, ex to understand what this silence means, because exactly. sometimes it could, be, it could mean a lot of things. Um, it's, I think it's something that, it's a challenge for all of us. Mm -hmm. And I think um, as teachers, we need to be able to, or willing at least to know why that happens, mm -hmm. in, uh, especially with those uh, kids and how, um, to help them engage with others. 
um, recent the research researchers uh, has shown different uh, 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 strategies that uh -huh. can be used with such kids, especially if they if their challenge is based on uh, their language proficiency levels. Mm -hmm. There there are different ways you can engage those uh, children, including use of um, picture books. Um, mm -hmm. inviting uh, people from their cultural communities invite to, to at least mm -hmm. to speak, mm -hmm. um, including multicultural mm -hmm. books that feature characters like them who have mm -hmm. some experiences related to them. So there are, there are a whole ton of activities and strategies that can be used in such situations. Yeah, that's the, uh, I, I want to ask you that what kind of a strategy or what kind of method can teacher use in the classroom to motivate these kind of uh, children. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very important for our listener because many of our uh, our audience is uh, mostly teachers that maybe they are having this kind of trouble. So mm -hmm. sometimes they can think that they, uh, it's something wrong with them mm -hmm. or what is happening in my classroom. So mm -hmm. this kind of a strategy, I think, they're going to be very helpful. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so I know teachers are doing really wonderful job out there, and um, I know we are in this together. Like no one has really figured everything out, but one of the major strategies that I would encourage teachers to use is bilingual books. You are mm -hmm. using bilingual books, for example, for uh, languages which are um, uh, spoken in the U.S. Major languages like Spanish, for example, uh -huh. there are several books that are uh, bilingual books that have similar content in two languages. So at least in this case, you know, if you're reading, at least your bilingual kids have comprehension. They can understand what is going on. They can read the uh, Spanish Spanish um, mm -hmm. section and understand the uh, story. Um, also, there are digital books mm -hmm. um, that are available in different languages um, that you can, uh, you as a teacher, whether you speak those languages or not, you can recommend those to your students and you can use them in, in your classroom. In your classroom. And that will basically be inc also including technology in your classroom at the same time. Um, but also creating um, linguistic and cultural awareness in the classroom so mm -hmm. that students can appreciate each other at whatever levels of English language proficiency they are at. So mm -hmm. the students who have low English language proficiency have a way to showcase what they know Mm -hmm. in their language at least so i can speak spanish this well this is me this is um something about themselves that they are proud of mm -hmm. and that would help them in raising their um self-esteem um so creating an environment where students appreciate the skills that each of them bring to classroom mm -hmm. but also um use of these bilingual uh, resources i think is a, a good way to begin with so you are promoting the use of the language, uh, their first language in the classroom, right? Correct. Okay, so it's not only use English, but trying to use uh, strategies that the student can be used in the classroom using at the same time so, uh, their uh, native language, right? Correct. You are using home languages to scaffold learning. Mm -hmm. um, because um, if... If a student just sits at the back of the classroom and at, by the end of the day goes home and having learned nothing, mm -hmm. I think we will have wasted our time and resources mm -hmm. too. So um, if there's a strategy, any way that we can get them access literacy in the process of acquiring 
a second or an additional language that is very important that I think it is worth investing our energy um, in order to support these students um, do well. That's, that's great. Do you have anything that you would like to uh, give our audience an advice or a comment that they can use in the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> so um, as teachers, I think it is important for us to know who our students are. We need to know their linguistic and cultural assets um, that they bring into our classrooms. Um, it is important to reposition those assets, both linguistic and cultural assets, in ways that um, are non-deficit. We need to showcase their strengths and possibly give them voice in the classroom um, to share about who they are. That's pretty, pretty awesome. I think our listeners are going to be very ha um, happy to hear this advice and comment. So if you have any question to, that you would like to ask to Dr. Lydia Kiramba, you can go to the podcast note. We are going to have her email on the bottom. So thank you so much for sharing your time with us. We are really, really glad that you uh, could attend to our podcast and share your work and your comment and advice with us. So glad to be here. Can you say goodbye in your home language? <laughs> sure. Quaheri. <laughs> wow. Quaheri. 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 Okay. Thank you so much. Thank Gracias. You. Hi, I'm Kara Vieska from the International Consortium for Multilingual Excellence in Education Project, the project that is bringing you this podcast. It's a five-year, $2.7 million project funded by the Federal Department of Education's Office for English Language Acquisition. Through this project, we are offering fun, free, flexible, and engaging professional learning opportunities for professional learning communities of educators who want to learn more about working with multilingual students. We have over 30 e-workshops available and are continuously designing more. Our e-workshops are innovative, multimedia online resources that allow for groups of educators to collaborate around important topics related to the education of multilingual students through practice-embedded and inquiry-oriented approaches. To see if our e-workshops might be right for you or educators you work with, please visit our website. We're on the College of Education and Human Sciences website at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. So it's cehs.unl.edu backslash I-C-M-E-E. Thanks so much and enjoy.